This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found modern mammals and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. What is up, my sinners? My name is Shane Tolt, and welcome to my podcast, Lead Singer Syndrome, a podcast where I go deep into the minds of other lead singers and find out what it's like to be the front man or front woman of a band. Before I get into this week's episode, I want to give a huge shout out to our new sponsor, Rockabilia. Rockabilia.com is the best merch website out there. They have over 500,000 unique items, all officially licensed from the bands. And hey, it's almost Christmas, but you still have you still have a little bit of time to pick up something really cool for a loved one or maybe a last minute present for yourself. Best of all, we have an awesome promo code that's going to get you 15% off your entire order. Use this promo code, PCLSS. That's PC L S S. Trust me, this is the place you want to go to get something no one else on your block has. High quality, and the money goes right back into the artist's pocket. Again, rockabilia.com. That's rock a b i l i a dot com, and use promo code P C L S S. This week we have an amazing show, an incredible musician, Donovan Malero of Hail the Sun. What a band! And what makes him so special, well, not only is he a dynamic frontman and an incredible singer of this band, he's also the drummer, and he rips. We're not talking about a guy, you know, standing in the back, keeping a classic 4-4 backbeat. He's going crazy on the drums in a technical way, singing these complicated melodies at the top of his range at the same time. So good to have you, Donovan. I know he's listening. love this guy. And if you're not familiar with Hail the Sun, make sure you stick around to the end of the conversation to hear one of their awesome new songs. So people are always asking me, Shane, how can I help out the show? Now, what I tell them is the best way is to become a member of the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. For only $6 a month, you get access to monthly bonus episodes, Q&A sessions with me, interaction with me and fans of the show on the Facebook group. We do bonus events, contests, we do all kinds of stuff. And it's an incredible community. If you want Lead Singer Center merchandise, the only way to get it is to be part of the club as well. Some of the tiers have free merchandise sent to your house every three months. Anyways, check it out. LeadSingerSyndrome.com slash all access. And I want to take a second to give a big shout out to all the sinners in the group. It's been an amazing ride. Everything from our debates and topics online on the Facebook group, the Q&A sessions, Obviously, Cinderfest in Texas was amazing. Shout out to everybody that was there. 
And your support really does mean the world to me. I love seeing you guys around at shows. I love the bonds and friendships you've formed with each other through me. Uh, it's, it's an incredible honor and something that I've started has led to this. So shout out to everybody on there. And, and I, I really do truly love you guys. So thanks for all the support. Also, let's just say, you know, what is today? The next 19th? A few days left till Christmas. Rockabilly.com is obviously a great place to get some merchandise for a loved one. Maybe you leave it a little late. Maybe you can't get it shipped on time. Maybe you're looking for another last-minute Christmas present for a loved one. Why not give them the gift of Silverstein and Tonight Alive? We got tickets available for our tour, which starts in January. And trust me, if you're a slacker like me and need something very last-minute, go on there, pick them up, print them off, maybe include a coupon for a free back rub, and your spouse will be all about it. <laughs> Seriously, though, it's a great tour. Check out thegetfreetour.com for all the information. Again, thegetfreetour.com. All right, hey, let's jump in to my conversation with the amazing singer and drummer, Mr. Donovan Malero of Hail the Sun. Syndrome. We're recording. I'm here. Awesome. With Donovan. Is it Malero? Yeah. Malero. That's easy. Yeah. Of Hail the Sun. Uh, dude, it's this has been a fun tour. We're um we're over in the UK right now in this very strange, not only a strange venue, a very strange dressing room. <laughs> like I wish we should maybe take a picture of yeah, this because it's, it's like every random thing. There's like a foosball table on its side. There's a mattress leaning up against a bookshelf yeah. in like the middle of the room. If you get tired, just pull the mattress down and plop on it. I guess so. And there's like random clothes. Yeah. And that's like a, there's like an open package of like meat, like cold cuts. Looks like a dog bed too. If you decide yeah. to bring a dog in here. It's weird. Lay down there. It's weird. But uh, yeah, I mean, I know this is your first time leaving, you know, the continent of North America. Yeah. To play overseas, how have you found it so far? It's been, so, I mean, we've done the U.S. now dozens of times. Right. And it's always, uh, it's, it's been a build over there. And, and yeah. we started out as, like, a DIY type of band, so we have roots in, in DIY touring. Um, over here has been, I mean, honestly, it's been fucking awesome. It's it's cool to play for a bunch of Silverstein fans every night. Mm-hmm. And just, there's ears that otherwise would not have heard us play before. Um, but it does feel like we're starting from the ground up and, and you're going to have to build the whole UK scene, I guess. I mean, we still have people coming out, which is awesome. I've seen a few fans at every show, but, um, other than that, it's been fucking awesome. I think that we're going to get into a car accident every time we get on the road though, because <laughs> just the rock side of the road. Exactly. Out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's definitely interesting. You say that because you know, you guys being, you know, an underground band. A lot of people think of you guys as a new band. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I guess because the the Equal Vision signing, um, you know, which just happened. You put out your you know your first full length on Equal Vision. Yeah, but you've actually been a band since two thousand nine, which yeah. which I was actually surprised about because I you know I'd only heard about you fairly recently as well. Okay, yeah. So I mean, it's it's kind of like you know you guys say you come from like an underground scene. Um, w- was it? You guys just, that's where you felt comfortable. Did you feel like you needed to kind of evolve, you know, get better sort of to make a bigger splash? Or was it just, what's the reason that it's like now all of a sudden, man, you guys are just here, here you are. I think big things. uh, I think that we're lucky enough that the music we're making now is starting to connect to uh, a larger fan base. But I mean, we did this, we all met in college and we're doing tours on our college breaks. Right. And it had always, to me, I, I can't imagine doing something different. Like, this has always been the thing that I was going to do um, with the people I'm doing it with. And it just kind of progressed. Uh, we all graduated. And as soon as we all graduated college, we had management. And then we had an agent. 
and that kind of led the way to more opportunities in 2012, 2013, and uh, signed to Blue Swan Records yeah. after our uh, EP Elephantitis and put out Wake on Blue Swan and then signed to EBR and put out Culture Scars and uh, just recently Secret Wars. And it's kind of been a build. It's yeah. been a build, like one thing after the other. Yeah, it's crazy. Did you guys? Um, did you guys all graduate? Did you guys finish finish your degrees? So Shane, John, and I graduated uh, from Chico State University. And Eric, uh, he has not yet, but he's actually going to school right now. And okay. And plans on, on graduating. So was that soon. part of it? Maybe that like you know was holding you guys back from really taking it seriously. I guess. Like I mean, if you guys have a full schedule, then you're kind of doing the band. You know, regional tour, underground DIY touring. I guess that's part of the reason you could chalk it up to. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, we we utilized every single break we had with yeah. summer, spring, winter to just tour um, mostly California, Oregon, Washington, just some West Coast shit uh, until we had a full open schedule and could kind of start shaping our lives around the band. And we're lucky enough that everyone was down to do that because, as you know, I'm sure very many times life happens and. Uh, people kind of want to do different things. Yeah, well, you said you know, you'd always known that this is what you wanted to do. Yeah, I have. So then what What was the point? What was the point of, of wasting, you know, I don't want to say wasting because you got an education. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, honestly, no, I, I get what I, you mean, though. But yeah, you, you, you took a lot of time out of your career with Hail the Sun, putting out two records um, that a lot of, you know, didn't get in front of a lot of people because you right. guys weren't able to do full tours and you guys weren't able to really, you know, spend, be a full-time band for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, and now it's like, okay, you guys all have degrees. Great. But <laughs> <laughs> you're, uh, you know, you guys are, are playing rock and roll. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause I, if I, if I can chalk up one fucking amazing thing to college, it was that Eric and I met Shane and John. And if we hadn't gone to college, then we would have this entity that exists now wouldn't have existed. So right. that's like the biggest thing that came from it. Yeah, it's great that, that we got a degree, but I knew my senior year of college and I even t- spoke to my professors about it and I just told them that I lost my passion in, in the recording arts and yeah. that's that's what I was going to school for. So, okay, so you were studying recording like arts, like music? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was doing uh, music technology with the option in recording arts. And so I still got the degree, but by the time I was a, a senior, I just kind of, it wasn't as fun anymore. I wanted to work in the business side and I wanted to tour like and, and perform. I wanted those two things. I didn't really give a fuck about trying to get pristine recordings myself anymore. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've always been from the school. Like, like I, I have guys, you know, musicians and stuff. We're talking about making demos and people are talking about plugins and they're talking about, yeah. you know, how, Oh, do you master your like recordings? I'm like, I don't give a fuck about mastering my own recordings. Like, they're my own personal demos. Only I'm going to hear, or the people I play music with is going to hear. Yeah, no one's ever going to hear this. So why do I care about wasting my time getting like a what I consider to be like a great mix when I I don't have no idea really what I'm doing? Yeah, I mean, so it's it's funny, you know, that that whole side of it too. When when you know, for me personally, like I want to know how to be able to put down my ideas and you know make them be able to share them with people, but I don't need to make like the best sounding kick drum yeah. possible and, and you know, and all that stuff. So. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That's kind of where I was at. And I like to tell now, tell the engineers what to do and tell the producer what I'm looking for rather than try to find it myself. I, I'd rather just be the tell guy and make this do this, make this do that right. these days. Well, in a lot of ways, you know, you guys are late bloomers, you know? I, I think mean, so, yeah. I mean, that's kind of a, a it's rare, you know, I, I can think of a few bands that, you know, met in college and got started in college. Like, one that comes to mind is, is Emery. Okay. You know, they met in college and, and, and a few, but not that many. Most, you know, bands, I'd say it kind of gets started in high school right. or after high school, right. you know, in that kind of purgatory, if you will, between like school and real life. Yeah. That's kind of when the, the prime, you know, time is. Yeah. So um, I assume, you know, you were in other bands growing up you were playing music probably at a young age so um what was it like for you growing up where did you grow up you know what was your family structure like yeah Walk me through the the early uh years the early years okay the early years of donovan i mean i grew up in ventura california yep and it's a coastal city beautiful city in california and i was in bands uh since 
know, sixth grade, and they've al- <laughs> wow. al- always been with Eric, our our guitarist. He's my best friend, and we've been in bands together since the sixth grade. So it started with punk bands, and then uh, we were it, that evolved into a death metal band. I've always been a big fan <laughs> of like fast drumming and grindcore shit. Yeah. So we were in a death metal band in high school, and then we kind of went off and started playing our own shit just for fun, and we moved to college together, and uh, we would play shows here and there in high school, but it was never something that. I see now as serious as I as I, I didn't see it serious then as I see it now. Right. I always knew that's what I wanted to do, but didn't really know how to do it. Just kind of play the shows. Uh, but my family was always very supportive. My my parents are the best. They uh, they still come to any show that we play within like ninety miles of Ventura. They come <laughs> sure. out with their old school fucking hail the sun shirts, like two thousand nine, all faded, just totally dad looking shirts. And uh, rules. they're they're a huge support system. I'm very grateful for them. But it it was a really a a really natural thing, and I'm glad that there there was no pressure from parents or family after college, especially, uh, or after high school, to be sort of get a a real job. Right. As many people face, they understood this was all I wanted to do, all I can possibly see myself doing, at least right now in the mindset I'm in now. Yeah, and so. Kind of sums it up a, a little bit the 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 upbringing and plus my whole family plays music. We've all been um, down some type of, of musical path. And, and my brother actually taught me taught me drums for uh, the first time. My parents bought me a, a like a plastic drum kit in <laughs> kindergarten. Uh, I don't know what they were thinking because that's just a huge noise maker. And so my brother just threw me on there and was like, "I'm gonna play a guitar riff and you just hit anything that you think makes sense." So I just went berserk on it for a full five minutes straight. <laughs> and then after that, he's like, okay, now now try to just do this. And he taught me the simple hi-hat. Like, so he's his older brother then. Yeah. Yeah, just like straight four beat. And I just played that over and over again and kind of just kept evolving from then. But that was in kindergarten when I first started jamming on drums. So yeah, so you said you had you know a typical family structure, it sounds like, a mom and dad, a brother. Do you have any other brothers and sisters? Uh, yeah, I have two sisters, one older and one younger. So music was important. So when you were a little kid, you know, were your parents like playing records around the house and, and you said they played music? What kind of, um, do they play instruments or were they singers? Yeah, uh, my mom plays piano and my dad is a keyboardist and a, clar- a clarinetist. Is a clarinet man? Uh, he plays the clarinet. He's a clarinet. <laughs> a clarinet man. An oboe and clarinet man. Uh, oh, wow. Oboe. What an yeah. instrument. <laughs> yeah, those reeds. I don't know how you make yeah. them. They're just paper thin little shits. I like, I've tried over the years to play any instrument that, you know, like you blow into. Yeah. They yeah. just never work for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm not good at blowing. <laughs> so I, I like, like, I remember, you know, I you know I know you said you were into punk rock and stuff like my favorite band you know when I kind of got into my own sort of music was No Effects same and here had, dude yeah you like No Effects huge No Effects fan yeah I'm a huge No Effects fan and you know they always had trumpet yep in their songs so I was like oh maybe I'll just like pick up a trumpet I already play guitar how hard can it be yeah like I can't make a sound <laughs> out of the thing like everyone's like oh you got to put your lips like this and like yeah I'm like I, I can't do it yeah. Um, it's funny, actually. Eric plays trumpet. He played trumpet in school band. We were both in school band together. Yeah. But he was show, uh, trying to show me how, how to play several times, and my lips just go fucking numb after no, thirty seconds of trying to blow into this big uh, brass thing. They just completely go numb. But my dad's a music teacher as well. He teaches, oh, wow. uh, I think, kindergarten through eighth grade music classes. So he's pretty well versed in the the concert instruments field. Um, and my brother's a guitarist and a singer and he, he can play bass and he's, he's a drummer as well. Wow. And it really is a musical family. Yeah. And so I was, I'm fortunate that they were super cool, which kind of just throwing me in the mix and teaching me how to, uh, play music and read music, uh, I, throughout elementary and junior high school and shit like that. Right. So the, the most unique thing about you and about Hail the Sun is the fact that you are the singer, but you're also the drummer yeah. of the band, yeah. which is very rare. I mean, there's, there's, you know, over the years, there's, of course, there's like, you know, they talk about like Phil Collins and like, yeah. obviously there's people like that. And, and, you know, there's been a few, you know, punk bands, but in, you know, whatever our music scene is yeah. post hardcore, I don't know what you want to call your band. It's almost, it's almost unheard of. Mm-hmm. 
So you got into, did you get into drums first or singing first? What was kind of your main thing? It sounds like drums. It was drums for just a second. They've kind of were simultaneous. I I loved the oldies in uh, since from the, as long as I can remember, probably kindergarten onwards. Uh, Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. Oh yeah, just huge on them. So I would what do uh, these talent shows. I would uh, for a radio show back in uh, Ventura area that they'd put in every year, and I'd sing Frankie Valley songs like second grade. It's really embarrassing to watch the videos now. I, I look like a little <laughs> a little doll walking around. I had uh, makeup on and everything. It was <laughs> That's very fun, adorable. A very funny sight to see. But do these exist on the internet? No, thank God they do not. Ex- <laughs> they don't exist on the. Do not search Donovan Malero Frankie Valley. Oh, I'm going to search for this. <laughs> but they they were pretty simultaneous. I, I I like to sing separately and I like to drum separately. But I didn't really combine them until I was doing backup vocals in uh, my punk band in uh, junior high school. I would just do harmonies and stuff like that, yeah. and then took over lead on a few songs and realized that I had the capability of. Of doing it multitasking, so to speak. Yeah, well, it's it's cool too because I mean, and like, there's been some like like people are probably screaming at the radio right now, being like, "What about Aaron from Under Oath?" Or <laughs> what about all these other like, yes, a great drummer, great singer, but they have another frontman. Mm-hmm. Like you do it all, you know. You're you're like self-contained, and what's kind of cool too is like you play, you know, drums and sing at the same time, and it's not just like basic ass shit uh-huh. like you're playing like you said you like fast drums yeah. you're playing blast beats and singing Thanks, and man. singing like fairly technical parts too mm-hmm. um you know at the top of your range and stuff so is that difficult for you um is it something you have to practice a lot or does it come pretty naturally um it does come for the most part pretty naturally i i do a lot of endurance stuff off the road if, if anything it's the breathing that that used to get me so i run off the road i i do try to exercise as much as i can uh i'll even run and sing at the same time to try to just get that endurance up but i i am do you pre- like run like in like outside on the yeah, street yeah i've done that before yeah that yeah. must look amazing <laughs> i do it at night for the most part <laughs> you know as far away from houses as i can <laughs> and uh i I do have to practice um, a bunch, of course, especially when we're learning new songs. And I o- I'm always striving to be better. I think I could always try to nail shit more, but it has been, for the most part, pretty natural in separating what's going on with my feet and my hands with what's going on with my mouth. And and you have a touring drummer with you guys. Yeah. Alan, Alan. who yep. is... Uh, Hell of a hell of a nice guy and hell of a drummer. Too. Yeah, dude. He is a great drummer. And um what's the decision there? Uh to to have, you know, you get up and just sing some songs, not just play drums and sing the whole set. Yeah. What's the you know? Well yeah, it, it was kind of a uh another slow build in, in that in that sense. From two thousand nine to two thousand and fourteen, it was always just me drumming and singing. Then we started to experiment with like guest drummers on the tour. We'd be like, hey, do you want to come up and play this one song? Right. And so every tour we'd ask a different drummer and sometimes they'd be down, sometimes they weren't, and so we would kind of just base the set list off that. But like they would play some songs. Like yeah, they like come one on or for, two maybe. Right, right. Yeah. It was like it was always a feature. And uh, it was about two thousand, like 2016 is when we started thinking, okay, let's shape our set with that. Uh, with in mind, we know that me drumming and singing has been a staple for the band and, and a characteristic. Yeah. But I also really like the idea of being up front and interacting with the crowd as sure. a front man. And it's a lot of fun as well. Uh, when I am on the drums, the rest of my band kind of holds it down and runs around. Uh, but we thought it just would be a cool way to switch up the set and kind of uh, provide a, a different dynamic in, in the same set. To have me back there playing all the shit on drums and then having Alan come out yeah. and uh, I go up front and How do you choose which songs around. he plays and which songs you play? Um, That's a great question. It A lot of it is technicality. Yeah. If If there's a song that I may have not practiced in a while or never played live, we'll all think like, well, why don't we just have Alan do right. this one um, or we, we've chosen songs where in the middle of it I'll, there's a part that, that everything stops or sustains and I'll jump off the kit during that sustain and run to the front and grab the mic and Alan will come on as quick as he can and that'll start his section of the set 
So it just depends on on how we feel we can order the songs the best. And uh, but it does create like I'm trying to think of a song Alan always plays. Uh, we we have a song off Culture Scars called "Burn Nice and Slow." That's one that Alan always plays. So whenever we put that in a set, we have to keep in mind it's going to be around other songs that Alan plays. Never with the bunch of songs that I'm going to play, just because it's been that way for two years now where he's playing that song. Right. So I guess that's yeah. kind of how we sculpt it a little bit. Right. Um, no, it's crazy. Have you guys experimented with doing with having two drum kits? We have not, man. Because that would be so good. That. Like you could do them, I don't know, so, like you could put kick drum, like you, you know, you could go side to side. Yeah. You guys are facing each other. Yeah. You could do like a lot of things and that would be a very cool dynamic. Dude, yeah. For I, your band. I mean, not on every song either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you could like have just, play some and he could do uh, auxiliary things. Or I whatever. think that would be fucking sick. And I, I was just thinking about that uh, a couple weeks ago. It's funny. You never thought about it before? No, not, not in wow. depth. And I, I, yeah. I thought, I saw um, Tron on our tour with Tron in the Fall of Troy. They both drummed a song together. And I was like, fuck, maybe we could do that with, like, and, but like really work on it to have just maybe create some type of cool dynamic where we're vibing off each other in a set. I, even, I, even like, you know, even just like I don't know if you guys are down with doing like a drum solo or if that's like too cheesy, but you know, if, if you're doing a headline show and yeah. you're playing for an hour, it'd be a great way to fill some time and do something like really sick. Yeah, so. dude, I, I'm definitely not opposed. So to when that. you go and see Hail the Sun, you gotta see them because they're amazing, <laughs> and they do this. Shout out to me. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. really, all the credit Shane told right here, man. Yeah, give give me some credit. Um, <laughs> but no, I I saw one time. This is I'm gonna go way back with the story here. But yeah, I think I was in high school. And I saw this band from Toronto called Dead Season. And I I still have their demo tape. I don't know if they did much after. This is like the era of cassette, right? Okay. And they did one show. They didn't, they didn't always have two drummers, but they did one show. And what was so sick is they had a left-handed drummer and a right-handed drummer. Oh, sick. So the hi-hats were beside each other. And the drums were like mirrored. Oh. So, you know, the left-handed drummer, I'm trying to like visualize it. I mean, yeah. people can, can visualize, but like... So, the, you know, the left-hander was hitting, you know, his left hand on the hi-hat and the right-hander, and they were right beside each other. Beside? And, like, drum, drum? or Like, like, m- like you have, drum. like, the hi-hats were, they, they, the drum sets were beside each other. Okay. So, the because they're mirrors of each other, the hi-hats were directly beside each other, right? Okay. Gotcha. So, every time they do a fill, and they they had them oh, play the same fill, yeah. so they would be, like, mirrors around the drum kit. Do you know what I That's mean? That's dope, yeah. And it was so rad. That's it, sick. And I was like, you know, at a young age, I was probably like 16 or 17 when I saw this. Okay. And every time I've been like, we got to do two, two drum kits, like any, <laughs> any chance we have. And even with Silverstein, we've done it like on some records, we've done like, you know, stereo drum parts oh, and, and shit like that. But You said that the band had two drummers? Like that was their they, thing? They, no. Well, I only saw the band once. Okay. But the show I saw, they had two drummers, but I, I later found out that they didn't usually. It was oh, like okay. a special, special thing. thing. They just... They just did one show, but yeah, dead, shout out to Dead Season if anybody in Toronto <laughs> remembers them. Someone will. They were they were really really great. That sounds awesome. Ahead of their time too. They were kind of like a post hardcore kind of band. Uh, if you could like, but this is like in the nineties, mid nineties before that was really like a getting popular. Like closest comparison. Oh God. Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Like at the drive-in type type. Of like I guess kind of. Okay. Yeah, I guess kind of. It's it's. I, I haven't heard. I gotta set up my cassette player and give it a whirl. Yeah. Okay, and I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, Dope, man. man. But one thing that is different about Alan that kind of uh, will fuck with sound guys is he hits the drums so fucking hard, and then I'll come on and I don't hit that hard. Oh yeah, so, but you're singing at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I I love the way he plays though. He he breaks ten times the amount of sticks and. Um, ten times the amount of symbols that I break as well. We're constantly getting sticks and symbols for Alan. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's worth. He's got such a, a fucking smooth style. He gels with us all so well. We're all the same age. He comes from a, a band called Vis V I S. Okay, and that's how uh, we actually found or met him. We in our old touring days, we toured with his old band. But now he's in a band called Vis, and uh, a manager one time was hitting me up and was like, "You have to see this band Vis. They're fucking incredible. It's like the Mars Volta type stuff." And so I went to a show in L.A. And I saw them. Uh, he, Excuse me. He was trying to get me to book them at the time. And I saw them one time, and I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. So I, I, I actually book Alan's band. I book Vs, and that's how I know Alan. And I didn't know that. Me. So you book bands too? Yeah, I'm a booking agent. 
cool. as well. What other bands do you book? Man, I have a pretty a pretty diverse and large roster uh, at at the moment, but recognizable bands. Uh, I mean, I book. Uh, metal bands Necrogoblicon. I book Jason mm-hmm. Richardson, awesome guitarist. Uh, Angel yeah. Vivaldi. Um, I book some throwback bands. Forever the Sickest Kids is is a oh, band really? I book right now. Yeah, shout uh, out to John. And then uh, bands in kind of this realm, like a lot like Birds and Icarus the Owl. Crazy. So is this like a full time job for you? This is must uh, be hard on the road. To, it, it's to... it's definitely a second career. Yeah. It, and it it's I've really adjusted my schedule to be able to work on the road. I actually especially fucking love it over here in the UK because during the daytime over here, it's fucking nighttime over there. So I can go out and explore and do my thing as long as I'm working from 6 p.m. to roughly 3 a.m. Over here, I'm keeping up with those hours. Yeah. So, but it's nice because they get my day because normally right. on like a U.S. tour, we I wake up, work, load in, work, and then usually we'll work up into our set and then, and then the, the nights are off. But I really like being over here because I can kind of do both as long as I'm on it late over here. But I'm a night owl anyway, so well, it just dude, works thanks out. Thanks for taking the time to do this. I feel like I'm, dude, I'm keeping you away from your. I'm fucking busy. You're setting this. up drums downstairs. You're like doing singing. Oh, it's just... all good, man. <laughs> that's that's wild. So when you were, um... <laughs> sorry, I tickle my throat. <laughs> so when you. You know, you mentioned before that you had guest drummers come out or, or whatever. Was it weird for you when you all of a sudden didn't have a drum set to sort of hide behind as a front man? Yes. You had to be like, well, what am I going to do? Do I run around? Yep. Do I jump up and down? Yeah. Where do, I, where do I look? What do I do with my hands? Yeah. That's another very, uh, that was a very alarming moment. I remember, I remember the exact moment. Uh, it was actually when I, I sing for a band called Cienvar as yeah. well. And so it was on our first tour, and I walk walked up to the mic. It was in San Francisco, very first time I'm I'm playing a show completely drum free, uh, and it was in early 2014. And the the guitar started playing the riff, and that's when I realized, holy fuck, I have no idea what I'm gonna do right now. Like, yeah. I felt like my hands were just complete <laughs> distractions. I felt like I just didn't know what to do. And I think for some people, like. Did front man? I mean, did front manning? Was that a natural thing for you? Like you just got up there and just knew, kind of just, just didn't really think about no, it. You just, no, just, no, no, no. For me, it was the same thing. I was a guitar player. I okay. played guitar and, and sang in in like a punk band, uh, and I played bass in like another band. I always played an instrument and sang. So with Silverstein, it was the same thing. I remember our first show. I had no idea what to do because you don't <laughs> practice that. Yeah, like you know whatever kind of stage presence or moves or whatever. It's just. I mean, for me, it's always just, it's just naturally kind of happened. Yeah. You know, whatever. Okay. So, so I don't know, but it was the same thing. I was, it was terrifying. Yeah. Yep. You That's, know, that- and the other weird thing was a lot of the stuff, like a lot of the Silverstein stuff in band practice stuff, maybe I was playing guitar or maybe I like, I'd written the songs. Yeah. So we were playing live, like the bridge would come or something and I'd be like, oh, the bridge. What do I, like what chord? Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter that we're going to like B minor and the yeah. bridge here. Okay. Like, you know. I I don't have to do anything. Yeah. I just have to make sure that I come in on the on the right vocal. Okay, do you know what I mean? So it yeah. must be the same when you play drums. Like Alan's playing drums, and you're like, "Oh, I got to nail this fill." Wait a second, I'm not playing drums. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes I'll even air drum it because I was I don't know. Yeah, what I was gonna sure. Do. I was gonna air drum this part, but it was a very awkward moment in uh, in performing for me, and it's just been a it, it did take practice and a lot more comfortability and kind of bring me out of my shell. And I, I would try initially, I would just, I feel like I was trying, trying too hard to do something. When I'd watch back on old videos, I'd be like, dude, I could just stand fucking still. Stand still and just sing well. Like, that's all I need right. to do on that part. You don't need to bounce from side to side and put up this this show at, at that moment. Just chill out and sing. So you actually would watch videos of yourself performing to um, kind of make sure... If I got tagged and shit, I'd look at it and be like, oh, fuck. Why did I do oh, I that? I can't even do it. Yeah, I feel like such an idiot. No, I, I, can't, I just don't even. That's definitely the case over here too. But I, I, I would see old old clips and just think, man. And unfortunately, that that performance I'm talking about from San Francisco, yeah. Sanvar's very first show exists online as Sanvar's very first show, and I'm just like, oh, I, I've I've never seen it. I I cannot bring myself to 
to watch. So that. when you played that first show with Cianvar, you'd only ever played drums. You hadn't actually played been the front man. Yeah, only the front man for Hail the Sun. Yeah, th- this was like right before we started doing right. the 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 guest drummer thing for Hail the Sun. In fact, it was kind of the Cianvar thing that led to wanting to bring on guest drummers. Was right. It makes sense. Like, yeah, it feels good to 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 fr- to to be up in the front. Let's. Let's see if we can switch up Hail Sunset. And, and that band, Cianvar, obviously it features Will Swan of Dance Gavin Dance, yeah. who also you know owns Blue Swan Records, and and that's his you know his baby. Yeah. How did you end up getting hooked up with that? Um, you know, and it's it's still a thing. You're still your other band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did you end up getting hooked up with that? How did that all come about? Um, we did the 2012 Rock Yourself to Sleep tour with Dance Gavin Dance. It was a Dance Gavin Dance, a lot like Bird. I the Mighty, Hail the Sun, and uh, The Orphan, the Poet. So I got to know Will pretty well on that tour. And at the time, we had our friend Sergio Medina from Stolas and Cianvar. He was filling in on guitar for 11 days for Hail the Sun while Shane had to be in San Francisco still. So him and Will became real good friends as well. He started guitar teching for Will. And then uh, they, were, they just started texting like, hey, we should form... A different a different group that we can get everything else that that we don't do in our, our other bands like he's yeah. he's installed us and um they hit me up I'm like hey we're putting together this thing do you want to sing for it and i was like sure yeah why not let's let's fucking cool. do it and i drove up to sacramento and we wrote out an ep and recorded it and did a little tour off it that was that, that first tour with lot like birds uh they took out cnvar but that's how that came to and be. a full length now too now a full length, yeah. yeah, yeah. We did that uh, summer of last year. We released full length. How does it work? Like, you're still living in Ventura now, or are you living? Because uh, I know you went to school in Chico, California. Yeah, so. I, I haven't lived in Chico since 2013. Um, yeah. I, I moved down to pursue the booking and the performing full time, um, and so I bounce around from Ventura a lot when I'm not touring or traveling for uh, for Artery Global. I do stay in Ventura. Yeah. Yeah. So how is that then, you know, being in a band that's obviously like a side project, but still you got to write it. Like, how did you guys get together to write a record or did you do it kind of, you know, now, nowadays bands can just kind of do it over the internet. Yeah. How did you, how did you, you know, manage that? So, uh, Will and then Michael and Joe from a lot like birds, they all live in Sacramento. Sergio's in Vegas. I'm in Ventura. So anytime something happens that has to do with CNVAR in the small fucking windows that, that we all were, all of our bands happen to be free. Um, Sergio and I just jet up to Sacramento, yeah. but we only do CNVAR for the most part, at least as a, as a unit when, uh, when we're writing an album or have to do a tour, Sergio and Will, like Will, Will Swan is, is one of those dudes that, uh, unlike me, is just cons- constantly shitting out uh, riffs and music. Like he can't not have new guitar riffs all the time. It's like, it's, I picture it as an overflowing, his brain's just constantly a waterfall. So he always is writing songs. So he's always working on it. Sergio's the same way. They always are, are writing riffs. Um, so they kind of do it on their own time, but we get together in Sacramento and, fucking pound out songs whenever we get the time very very cool yeah very, thank you very cool man fun thing so um you, you know you have all these projects going on um you know and, and on you know on will's label on some smaller labels it's kind of like you know you said more diy underground touring yeah um how did you end up getting hooked up with uh, evr evr vision records for so, people that don't know the um the i form. i book a lot like birds and they were on EVR, or they are on EVR. And so I met Dan that way. He came out to a show, a CMVR show, actually. I love Dan. Yeah, Dan is... My homie. Dude, he is the fucking man. Everyone Red loves Sox Dan. Red Sox Red yeah. Sox. <laughs> and uh, met him that way. So we worked together on, on a professional level there. And he... When it was time to do an album after Wake... We uh, we had our management send over stuff to um, a bunch of spots like they usually do, but I mean, me and Eric. Uh, a quick flashback: uh, me and Eric have been listening to EVR bands since we were fifteen, yeah, sixteen. Like we would sit in our in our bedroom and be like, "Man, if people could just hear what we're writing right now, like we'd be perfect for EVR back in two thousand. You are perfect for yeah, EVR dude, even now. I, and so when when they did hit us back and say, "Hey, we're totally into this. We'd be." we'd be into doing the next album. Um, we actually didn't even want to wait for any other responses from, from other spots. Yeah. And, and we're, we just told our camp, we're like, dude, lock an EVR. 
lock in VR. Like that that's where we want to be. That's where we feel like we belong and so that's how that came about. Well, yeah, I mean, you think of all the bands, great bands on EVR over the years, like that obviously have influenced you guys. I mean, mm-hmm. Circus Survive being one, yeah. Fall of Troy being another one. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't even, I don't know if you're influenced at all by Chiodos, but like, you know, they're yeah, a like band Chiodos. that some people could maybe see some similarities right, in right. Uh, some of the sounds. So it really is like, I, I, you know, when we first um, booked this tour, I'd heard your name around, but I hadn't like actually heard your band. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm going to listen to them. Um, Cause Paul's like, oh, Paul said, I really want to get this band. They're awesome. I'm like, Oh, I'll, I'll check them out. Like, what do they sound like? He goes, they sound like an EVR band. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said to me. Was very and I was flattering. like, Okay, well, and I listened, and I was like, "He's not wrong." Like that's that's really it. so. It's it's very rare that you you have a band that's really is a perfect fit for a label. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate that, man, and, and we love it over there. Like they're they're super good to us. I mean, not to say that Blue Swan Records wasn't uh, as well. Like they are fucking awesome. Sure. Uh, and Will was totally cool. I mean, I called up Will and was like, "Hey, we want to do this in EVR." He was like, "Dude, yeah, like keep growing. It's totally cool." Uh, but we love EVR, and I feel like we are a, a, it's a good home for us. Very good Absolutely. home for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. No, and I used to run a little record label. I mean, yeah, I still do. You're telling me. I still do, you know, uh, Verona Records, veronarecords.com if you want to check it out. V-E-R-O-N-A? And Verona, like okay. the city in Italy, Verona, okay. V-E-R-O-N-A, yeah. And, uh, you know, I put out, you know, some records, and, and I really feel for Will because it's tough, like, you put out, music that's great of you know either like a local band or maybe someone that's your friends and even if you aren't friends before you become friends and it's like i just have this little label yeah i'm I'm working hard i'm trying to make my label bigger yeah but then it's very hard when inevitably a great band they want to do bigger things Mm -hmm. a bigger label wants to pick them up and you either have to choose whether okay i'm gonna stop this band from going, maybe I have a contract with them or whatever, yep. or I let them break the contract and then I kind of get fucked over mm-hmm. so that they can grow. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's really a hard thing to do fuck. when you're running a label, especially you know you're you're putting money into it, yep. you're putting time into it, um, you know, and just like love into it for for this music. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, some bands like, oh well, we want to go on this big label. It's like, okay, well, I guess you can go, but. You know, hey, don't. I'm over here. You know, so so I understand like like the how difficult it is, you know, for a young startup label to to get big while still sort of doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I you know, shout out to Will for I don't know what your guys' deal was with the contractor, and I don't want to get into it, but shout out to him for like being like, yeah, go ahead, you know, yeah. go on, and and of course he's got your back catalog too. Yeah, exactly. And so he, the bigger you get the better it'll be for him with you know like Wake and Yep. Uh so I get it, but it is one of those things and and a conversation that I don't think maybe anyone's ever had in an interview before <laughs> to yeah. be honest. But it's true like with small labels it's it's very very tricky. Yeah. I mean, Will he with Blue Swan Records, he only does one record deals, I believe. I don't okay. think he does yeah, I don't think he does anything great. else. And uh he just like yeah, I want to sign sick bands. Like I, it's been four years now. He's had it, and and it's it's at this point I feel like it's it's probably s- somewhat self sustaining. Yeah. Um, because there's that niche, like it's like that that niche the dance game and dance fans like and Hail the Sun fans like that post hardcore, if you will. Uh, we, we if we're getting really into it, we've always called ourselves a progressive post hardcore band. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's. Too, too many words to describe a genre, but that's that's what I would say. Well, you know, progressive typically. <laughs> to, okay, for me, when I hear progressive, I think okay, this is music for nerds. Yeah, <laughs> and like, I think you guys are are different because your music is yes, it's it's technical mm-hmm. and it's not easy to play. Whether you're talking about the drums or the guitars or the vocals, yeah. it's it's complex. But when I hear progressive, I think of. I think of like 
Dream Theater okay. or something like okay, when, you, when, when a band is like technical for the sake of being technical. Yeah. And personally, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like I, I, you know, growing up especially, you know, when I'm sure you can relate to this, especially as a drummer. Okay. Someone's like, oh yeah, man, I wrote this like sick 7-4 groove. Mm-hmm. You know, in seven four time, or I wrote this like sick, like oh, it's like five eight, and it like drops a beat or whatever, and it's like okay, cool, and and they play it, and it's like yeah, that's like cool, but if it was just in four four, mm-hmm. would it would it not be just like, <laughs> sicker? Do you know what I mean? So I've always I had do. this sort of like opinion that just because it's technical, just because yeah. it's doesn't mean it's better. Yeah, but with your band, you guys make it better. Thank you, man. That's by making awesome. it, it keeps it interesting, but it's also catchy as hell. Yeah. Rather than it just being so, progressive post hardcore is a fine term. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like you're selling you guys self a little short. Okay. You know? No, I, I I do appreciate that because sometimes I feel like most artists we we will second guess shit and be like, oh, is this too much? We're we doing too much here. Is there too little here? Like, should the song end? It's it's only two and a half minutes, but when a when it feels like a song should end, you just fucking end it. Sometimes you don't yeah. need to tack on. Like we've done in the past, and ended up just scrapping a whole ending because we're like, this it just ended here. It feels good here. We don't need to hit the four minute threshold for a song. It's just as fucking cut at two and a half. Absolutely not. I, yeah. I mean, for me, and I mean, if we're talking about, you know, earlier we brought up our mutual love for no effects. Oh, yeah. And I've had Fat Mike on the podcast before. Oh, and one thing he talked about, and he's talked about in other interviews too, is so many of the great no effects songs don't even have choruses. Mm hmm. And so yeah. many of them are so short. Yeah. Like where they'll they'll just have, basically the chorus just happens once. So yeah. if it happens once, is it a chorus? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yep. like I don't know, um, technically, if, if a chorus can only happen once. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, I don't really know where I'm going with this, except that like, when you write a song, you can go with classic song structure, yeah. where typically a song is going to end up between three and four minutes. Yep. If you go with classic song structure, no ma- almost no matter what you do. Yeah. Or... You can go by feel, and then you never know. Yeah, and I mean, if it and not following that that classic song structure can still yield fucking awesome songs, as you can see in, in No Effects. Yeah, um, he he was on right before the last election, right? Is that the is that when he had Fat Mike on uh, last uh, U.S. election for president? Yeah, I yeah, think I, I had him on. I he was around. I think it was episode the nerds will be yelling at forty nine. Okay, episode forty nine, I believe. I so, um, so that that's one. about a year, a little over a year ago. So yeah, right before okay. I, the election. I, yeah, we talked, talked about, about how, Trump and Hillary a little bit. We did talk about it. Yeah, did you listen to that one? yeah, I did. I, I'm, I'm recalling that now. Yeah, that that was a good one. He he's a he's a, a massive inspiration. Huge character. Uh, he's like, I feel like kind of an anomaly of music industry where he just fucking partied so hard and <laughs> so fucking crazy. Uh, y- you know him better than i do i'm sure but still maintain this really successful career on and multiple um adventures well yeah i mean uh, that's the thing about about fat mike is obviously no everyone knows no effects and everyone knows his sort of crazy you know outgoing personality partying personality um but let's not forget about fat records which is his (laughs) label and has put out hundreds of like great punk rock records and you know, uh, it's been a huge label forever. Yep. And back, you know, in the heyday of, of skate punk and all that was like huge. I mean, you, yeah. you, 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 that guy's a hard worker. Yeah, man. He I, kills I think it. I remember even on the podcast, he said, you know, that he's like, he's like a high functioning alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. Which is like a problem for him almost because <laughs> he's like, well, I can get drunk and do drugs and still get all my work done. Yeah, yeah. So. I feel that, but but I don't know. So, um, what's next for you guys? Obviously, uh, you've you know dipped your toe mm-hmm. into the international scene here with us, which we're we're very happy to have you guys for the first time. Thank um, you, doing man. that. Um, what's going on next? Uh, we are do- recording a new album in January and February. Record number four already. Record four, yeah. Um, do you we, have a producer slotted? Can you talk about it? Yeah. Um, what, well, actually, when's the podcast going to air? Do you have any idea? Soon. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I can mention that we're going to be recording with Bo Birchall in ah, LA. Oh, Sayosin, nice. Yeah. Uh, and we we just wanted to continue. You know, people's attention spans are so fucking short these days, and album cycles get smaller and smaller. So that's kind of why we did Secret Wars out in November. 
and are going to jump in the studio right away and, and put out another album, hopefully by next summer. Wow. Just so we can keep the ball rolling and keep content coming, um, given it's good content, of course. And then uh, the, we do have touring plans. Uh, I can't... Uh, it, it's... But I can't say that. Don't say it then. Yeah. <laughs> I have to edit that yeah, out. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll put a big over it. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Um, but I think that's announcing in January. I can't say it, but it's this band. Well, I, I, figured, I figured it was going to be edited. <laughs> I'll edit it. I'll edit it. <laughs> uh, those plans are very exciting. Yeah. And uh, and that's about it. We might have some summer stuff in the works, but nothing solidified quite yet. So just more fucking same old shit, man. Touring and music and touring and music. It's it's kind of, you know, you say the thing about album cycles being shorter, and you're right, mm-hmm. and it, it is like, it does seem like you put out a video, and like, for a week, people watch the video, and then it's like, like, lost in the yeah. queue of, of almost like, um like, down a Facebook queue at the bottom, where it's like, someone has to type bump yeah. to get it to the top of the page, yep. so people watch it again, like, things are really, really short-lived, uh, you're right, and it's it's a little sad, because so many great records maybe in some ways get forgotten about. However, with you guys, you know, for example, coming over here for the first time to the UK, a lot of people have never seen you guys before. A lot mm. of guys haven't heard, you know, haven't heard of you before. Yeah. So isn't it almost like you need to kind of put out music and then tour on it longer yeah. to try to get exposed to this yeah. more people? And, and like doing a, an, our first international tour is fucking awesome because we can get more life out of a record. Right. Um, um, and extend that process. So it's super cool to to be able to experience this now, and not only only being able to tour the states. Like I mean, I, I imagine you guys now um, can tour all over the place, and not just the states, and still stay busy for a year. Like you said, in Germany uh, and, and, yeah. and, and mainly in Europe, it, it, it's our, our strong markets, and that's yeah. that's the goal is is for us to be able to do the same thing where you have so many territories that you've built that you don't have to rely on a single one to be able to make a living and, and stay busy off records. Like we're, we're just trying to, to follow whatever Silverstein is doing that. that <laughs> we're, we're trying to get there, man. Well, I mean, honestly, I think the way to do it is to go, just go like this tour. You, you basically said, what's the tour you're playing. Okay, cool. We're coming. And yeah. You confirmed it. And here you are playing. Oh yeah. And you're playing in front of all these people that have never seen before you. None exactly. of these people have ever seen you play before. Right. So, when you get a chance to do it in mainland Europe, just go. Yeah. And like, it can be hard, you know, like to make ends meet, mm-hmm. to like be like, okay, we have to, you know, either take tour support yeah. or go into our own, you know, pockets mm-hmm. to pay for the flights and pay for transportation and all that stuff to get, uh, you know, from show to show. Mm-hmm. But it's worth it, man. Yeah. You got to get in front of people. And then that's when, you know, the buzz starts happening. Right. Because especially these days, like, so many bands have great records mm. and great sounding records. It's really hard to, with the same budget as everyone else, go out there and, and make a record and, and put it out. And, and people like go on Spotify and they go, oh yeah, they listen to 30 seconds and they go, yeah, pretty cool band. And then they forget. Yep. People see your band play. They see you behind the kit. They see just j- the emotion and dynamics that your band has. Yeah. It just is a different thing. Fuck yeah. You know, and so that's why I believe... My advice to you, Donovan, is just go. Fuck yeah. Go to go to Germany, go to Australia, come back to the UK, mm-hmm. you just play and play and play and play, and uh, you know, the more and more people will see you, and the better you'll get as a band, too. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I'm all about that, man. I want to hit up everywhere we possibly can for the sake of music. It's fucking, it's been an amazing journey so far, and we're very, very stoked, and it's just it's incredible. It's very humbling still to think that I'm in what's what's the city again? Huddlefield? Oh yeah. Huddersfield? 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 No disrespect to English people. <laughs> We're kind of near Leeds, <laughs> so I heard. Huddersfield, England, dude, like and it's it's amazing, man. It's it's really really cool. Yeah, no, it's 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 funny here too cuz obviously you're you come from California, which is a big state. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, oh yeah, I just come up to go up to Sacramento to like practice with my my side project. Um, you know, yesterday we were in Manchester, yeah. which is like a 30 minute drive from here, <laughs> yeah. and you know people were complaining like, <laughs> like, oh. The other day somebody said to me, you know that I, you know that I drove 60 miles to be here. <laughs> I'm like, 
And Josh was like, I drive 60 miles for band practice. <laughs> yeah, like, dude. You know, like in, in America, we're used to people being like, what what's the like impressive time? If somebody drives like maybe more than four hours, yeah, you're like, so, oh yeah, shit, Someone says like, I drove four hours. I'm like, damn, yeah. dude, you're a fucking trooper. But Thank regularly you. someone will be like, I came, I drove eight hours to be yep, here. And you're yep. like, and it's not that like crazy. Yeah. You can't even drive eight hours in England. No, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, people were like, I took a train for 25 minutes to be here. <laughs> so it's a it's a different uh mentality but uh but i uh, love england it's great here and yeah uh, it's it's been a really fun tour man yes um you got you saw star wars today yeah yeah are you gonna shout any spoilers yeah i won't say any spoilers <laughs> um it was I, did you like it i did like it I, I have to admit i'm one of those never been into star wars people um okay and so i was asking people who've seen it like well is it still fun to watch I I actually wanted to see the, the Disaster Artist, but they weren't showing oh, yeah. it at that theater. Yeah, unfortunately. I saw Disaster. We saw Disaster Artist. Well, we're, like Silverstein, we're huge fans of the room. Oh, that's what I was we've, hearing. You guys we've probably know. watched the, the movie like like twenty times. How can you get through it? it oh, it's it's so good. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So I was I've been excited to, for the Disaster Artist for a long time, and and uh, it did not disappoint. It's it good. Was, oh, it was great. Awesome. Um, James Franco did a great job. Yeah, I've seen some and, like side by side comparisons. Yeah. He looks. He looks and talks just like him, man. I, yeah, it was, I, I wish they could have seen that today, but I wasn't well, able to. Well, I mean, Star Wars. So, what? Like, have you not seen all the movies? I saw the How one. How old are you, Donovan? I'm 28. How have you gotten through 28 years Dude, and you haven't seen like at least like the f- original three? I know, know, man. I I don't know. That whole sci-fi stuff doesn't really interest me too much, to be honest. Um, so I guess that's how. And, and my that's dad's okay. a huge Star Wars fan. Uh, but I've seen the the one with Jar Jar Binks, which oh, I, no. I was told was very bad, and I liked it. I remember thinking, <laughs> I, I remember thinking this is tight. Uh, back when I was a kid, uh, but I got through the one today, um, and it was tight. It was a lot of action. I didn't really need to know the full in depth plot right. to be able to enjoy the movie. Um, well, I feel like with Star Wars, just living on this Earth, yeah, like. Like if you could just say to somebody that has never even seen the movies, like mm-hmm. for example, um, Paul Mark in, in our band, he's doesn't seen a lot of movies at all. Okay, and I don't think he's ever seen any of the Star Wars. But wow. like everyone knows, like Darth Vader, yep. is Luke Skywalker's father. Yes. Like everyone yep, knows exactly. that just from pop culture references. Yep. But I'll tell you this, man. You ever watch like Family Guy? Like do you like Family yeah. Guy or something? Yeah. I don't know how anyone watches Family Guy and understands. The references because they reference Star Wars like so much. Yeah, that if you haven't seen the movies, like I probably it's it. probably gone over my head. So, so many, many so many pop times, culture dude. references. It's almost worth the. Well, how many movies are there now? There's uh, what is this like? It's eighth one. Okay, eight. I was gonna say seven. Uh, guessing this is the eighth. Well, this is like the eighth main movie. Uh, so how many hours is that? Whatever amount of hours that is, uh-huh. just to put in. Like watch it over, like do a marathon over a weekend, just so you can understand <laughs> pop culture references for the rest of your life, because they're not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, I can so, imagine it's a cult following Star Wars. Yeah, oh, it's it's something. But it was. But a- I'm really excited, and I've like avoided all the trailers and everything. Okay. And I didn't even know, like, because today is Friday. It's like, didn't the movie yeah. just came out? Come out? Yeah. Was it hard? Was it? It must have packed. Dude, empty as fuck. Weird. Completely empty theater. I mean, I figure if we were in London, it'd probably be packed. I don't but know though. Like, I, maybe. Who, I mean, who knows? The, the one that we went to is just a mile from here and completely empty theater. Um, there are maybe like ten people in there oh total. My God, ten people. Maybe it's one of those things where like it's so big that every theater has it. Ha- yeah. So it's just kind of. And we like, saw the first showing of the day. Yeah. Uh, on a work day, so that probably could have had yeah, something to true, do with it. True. But I wasn't complaining. I got to sprawl out and almost. Almost fell asleep a couple times as yeah. well. I fell asleep. No, I read I read something on Twitter today that somebody was like, "Oh, I can't wait to see Star Wars with my boyfriend. It's going to be a great nap." It's like, <laughs> ah, come this. on. But hey, I mean, not, Star Wars isn't for everybody. Yeah. It's not for Donovan. It <laughs> it definitely is for me, and I'm uh, I'm pretty excited. You like it? All right, man. Well, hey, thanks for taking the time. And um, uh, I always play music at the end of the show. I'd love to ask you what. 
you know, Hail the Sun song you'd love for the people to hear? Um, the people, maybe the people that haven't heard the, heard the band. Yeah. Uh, our latest EP is called Secret Wars. Uh, we released it a month and a half ago. So uh, the, the, t- the title track, Secret Wars. Secret Wars? Yeah. All right. Secret Wars. Here it is on Lead Secret Syndrome. Thanks, Donovan. Thank you, Shane.
Hail the Sun on Lead Singer Syndrome. And I want to take a second to wish everyone very happy holidays with your friends, with your family, whatever you celebrate. And I want to thank you for so many amazing memories of 2017 on this podcast. We had so many incredible guests. I met so many new friends. Thanks so much for listening. And please help me spread the word about this thing. Tell a friend, tell a loved one. Let's grow this thing even better in 2018. Also, hey, if you got a New Year's resolution, email me. Send it to me. I think the key is having them stick, is you know, giving yourself some accountability. So you can always reach out to me at leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. I'm out of here. Make sure you're subscribed, and I'll talk to you next week.